and welcome to the Village Genius Cycling Podcast, where the best stories have not yet been written. Today, I'm joined here by my friend Jim Ewell from Wendover BS to talk about beer. So, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Actually, not just beer, also cycling. Yes. Well, so. I think that's the main theme here, right? Beer yeah. just goes hand in hand. So. This is so good. Um, <laughs> for me, actually, it's the only reason I have you here is that I can drink as much beer as I want <laughs> yeah. on show. Nobody will um, judge me on it. Yeah. Um, so well, well, I've brought some non-alcoholic beers, which help when you're talking. Um, you know, should we start with the non-alcoholic? I think we should. So I here in front of us, I brought some cycling branded beers that we okay. stuck. So one of which is uh, the Quermont, named after the the climb in the infamous Tour Tour of Flanders or Ronde van Vlaanderen. I'm going to do it actually. Yes, you well, might. Hopefully, to... hopefully, I'll be signing up. So yeah, I've I've actually done the Tour of Flanders many years on the trot. So yeah, um, and I'm totally out of shape. So what better time than to say yes? I'll do that next year. Hang on, I'm on, I'm out of shape as well. Yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just um, just before this recording, we we, um, we spoke a little bit about it. Um, more and more beer companies, I think, have understand uh, understood the value that cyclists bring in. Um, there's um, a lot of similarities, especially with alcohol-free beer. Um, that um, you know, the social aspect. You go out and spend time with your friends. Um, often especially when you go away for cycling. We went to Girona a couple of years ago, or this year we went to Mallorca, and often we just finished it off with like um, a bit of an isotonic drink mm -hmm. um, afterwards, so I guess. And, and there's nothing uh, better than a non-alcoholic beer for that. So the the malt that they use within the, the, the malted barley that they use is just full of all of the sugars that your body requires after a ride. So actually, if you take the alcohol out, it becomes really good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I have a friend who actually used to ride with beer in his bidon. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> post post race or post yeah ride, he would often empty a beer into his bidon and ride home with it. <laughs> oh, he's an amateur because I use rum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. no, but it's. Uh, I think it's just so cool. Also, like this, um, there's obviously like um, there's dedicated breweries that I think just recently started with cycling in mind mm -hmm. like um stoke, stoke yeah. yeah so i was introduced to stoke by uh, my friend at um wild cycles who yeah. i believe you you've now introduced yourself to he will be um, on a show uh, okay. in a couple of weeks time actually. john john yes, yes. Yeah. okay so hi john if you're watching hi you uh, are next not next 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 <laughs> john introduced me to to the folks that that run the stoke brand um and they are obviously apparent at most gravel rides these days. Yeah. So I think they've got their kind of foot firmly in uh, on the gravel riding scene. So w would you also say, this is just a question that just came up now, that um, gravel, the, the gravel scene basically boosted as well the Beer not the beer consumption, but it's more like a relaxed take yeah, on Yeah, so, well, I know certainly with John's setup mm. and Wild Cycles, it's it's certainly more about the smiles than the miles. I think yeah. that's that's one of his mottos. Yeah. Um, so they often will ride, you know, a, a leisurely ride with, with, you know, a lot of people on gravel bikes. And at the aftermath of that, if they're camping, they sit by a fire and what goes better than, you know, a beer together with friends after an adventure. And that the whole brand of Stoke is based on that assumption that you've you've been out and had your adventure, yeah. and then you've come back and you're enjoying a, a beer by the fire in the in the outdoors. It yeah. actually says on the can, "Please drink outdoors if possible and responsibly." Yeah, oh, well, it's responsibly, it's alcohol free, I guess. Yeah. No, that one's not. So. That's not. No, then really drink responsibly. Yeah, and I don't think they brew alcohol free beer. They're, they're more for the post 
for the, for, for the wild, wild yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, and the Quermont one, that is, I think, more like a brand that is long established. We all know the Quermont beer. Yeah. And now they also came up with the Aqua Free. Yes. And this is actually 0.3%, so less than 05 And in this country, which is, it's quite funny, but in the UK, um, it's only considered alcohol free if it's less than 0.5%. So a 0.5% beer, you still need a license to sell. Oh, really? But, but this beer, you'd be able to go down to the market and sell without a license. That's interesting. I also see like a picture, picture of a pregnant woman on here. Right? Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the rule right now is no alcohol for pregnant women. It's, it, I think they changed their advice literally last year because my wife's now pregnant and yeah. she's finding that rather annoying. <laughs> uh, she can't wait for a glass of wine. I just imagine. Um, and also, um, I, I read somewhere... Well, uh, quite often the question comes up, oh, well, uh, alcohol-free, um, shouldn't it be like zero, zero, zero? Um, and I think to remember that it was something on the line of um, if it is a person below a certain percentage, it's the same like as if you would take, I, I, I think, like um, medicine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, they used to say during pregnancy, a Guinness a day, right? Yeah. And, uh, they've changed their mind quite a bit on that. So <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't go down too well, I believe. But yeah, um, I mean, these these are just a few of the of the beers we stock. So we, we have uh, quite a lot of alcoholic beer, obviously, yeah. as, as you'd expect. Yeah. Um, but we have started to stock quite a bit of non-alcoholic beer, um, which is great for going to barbecues, Christmas time, that yeah. sort of thing. That's true. Um, and there's some really good non-alcoholic beer at the moment, too. So good. And this is basically your business, right? So um um as 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 me, you live in Wendover, um mm-hmm. and we just actually we just recently met um yeah. or a couple of couple of months ago. Yeah. Um absolutely accidental because our daughters went to the same nursery. That's right. And then we went on to a dad's night out and we realized, Oh, you cycle, oh I cycle yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, this is how it all goes together. And also what I love with your business is that if you are in the area and you order it um, locally, you will deliver it on your um, D- Dutch cargo bike. That's right. Yeah. So we recently invested in a Urban Arrow cargo bike. Yeah. Uh, it's fully electric and it will carry 150 kilos of weight in the front. Um, so we can carry 10 cases of beer. Or me. For anyone. Yeah. If you no, I could order, fit in there. You want to? Oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't advise carrying someone in there, but. Unless you're, you know, claustrophobic, I'm sure it'd be fine. Uh, maybe we leave that. Maybe <laughs> just put the alcohol in. Do you go up hills yeah. as well, or just? Uh... Yeah. So I actually did a, a little event at Chiltern Vale. Oh um, yeah, where nice. I rode, oh, friends. I rode the bike up to the top of the the hill up there yeah. and uh, through to Horridge and took my beer machine and and did like a bar from the back be- from the bike. Oh, nice! So that was quite cool. Just yeah. um, guys, if you if you haven't heard of Chiltern Velo, um, but you are from the area, so they are basically um, based in Horridge, which is just after Chalesbury, on your way basically from top of the hills towards Chesham. I think that's, that's right. the easiest way to, yeah. to describe to describe it. Straight up, um, it's Aston Hill, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, through past Wendover Woods, keep going straight, straight, straight. Just keep going straight the whole way, and you'll end up in in. Horridge. There's Horridge. also a little segment that you can do on the way. There's like a little left turn down, an S bend, and up. You when you when you when you when you race it, you will feel like Cavendish, right? Like it's really really nice. It's, yeah, I'm not sure which bit you mean, but it's like. Uh, oh, you mean through when you come through St. Leonard's? Uh, just after. Oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah, after yeah. after the White Lion. 
Yeah, I wouldn't race through there though. You're left <laughs> straight down. Yeah, and a bit of gravel on the floor, yeah, on the yeah, on the yeah, on the, yeah. on the grass. There's always gravel. It's the chill yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I actually I was like um, top nine on uh, Strava there once, and I also got a king of the mountain once just after it on the uh, Vinny's little cock sprint. Okay. Or is it is it Vinny's little cock sprint or is it? Venus little cock sprint. <laughs> Anyways, that was the segment. That I should we want. should we crack open a grand one? Let's crack open a grand one. <laughs> See, I mean, really, really, the way round to do this is to drink the alcohol-free version and then taste the real thing and see if you can tell the difference. Oh, we can do there that. There is a difference for Go sure. Pop it up. But this is very good. It uh, reminds me on the olden days when Mike and I started the podcast. Um, we almost did beer tasting on uh, almost every show. Right, and then we stopped. And I don't know why. I think it's because I was too um, too lazy to buy beer <laughs> or something like that. But uh, yeah, we should do it again. So let me just put this back behind it. Yeah. So I'll move this one to the floor. And then we also um, we discovered so many more things that we had actually in common, which mm-hmm. I really like because um, my Scottish friend Ewan actually said once. Um, when you meet another cyclist, you always think that cycling is the only thing in common, but then you realize after a while that cycling becomes the smallest thing. There's so many other things that you share. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you have been to Girona actually at the same time when I've been to Girona. That's right, yeah. So I was there for the, the sportive that they do um, in the June, I think it is. Mm. Um, late May, June? No, early June. Um, I was there with my ex-club that mm. I used to ride for. Mm. Um so London Dynamo, if anyone's listening from London Dynamo, hello. Um, I used to be a member. I, I was a long-distance member when I first moved to Wendover for a good year and a half and realized that I just wasn't getting the, wasn't getting any benefit out of it. So what's I, your new club then? Um, I don't have a club at the moment. So, <coughs> so what's your new club then? <laughs> Possibly Bello Chino. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> cheers for that. Uh, so, um, yeah, with London Dynamo, I think the connection to Girona was that um, the founder, or one of the f- two founders of, actually three founders initially, one of the founders of Eat Sleep Cycle, Lee, yep. used to be a member of London Dynamo. That's right, Lee Comerford. Yeah, and then they moved to uh, Girona and um, just founded Eat Sleep Cycle, he and together with his uh, wife, Louise. Yep. Um, yeah, and they are very, very established business. Very good, good, good friends of ours as well. Yep. Hello to you guys, uh, if, if you listen to that. We should get them on the show as well. I'll yeah. try. I'll yeah, try. Yeah. I'm sure they pop over every now and again. Yeah. So, so or, I mean, or I mean, I say pop over because you know the weather's a lot better in Girona and the ride, yeah. the riding's far better. I think too, maybe so. we have to, sh- to pull over. Um, so yeah, that that was we had, had in common, and then yeah, like the the riding in general. Um, kids same age and stuff, and um, yeah, really enjoy our um, monthly dad's night out. Yeah, thirsty Thursdays is yeah. what we're calling it. And a couple of gravel um, rides to plan in the future, right? Like, yeah, um, for sure. Um, if you haven't tried that, like lunchtime gravel, if you work from home, it's absolutely fantastic. Just go out, find yourself a route, 30, to 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and then you can uh, somehow adjust try, it around your work time. Try not to eat the gravel. You come home and eat some, mm. lunch, some lunch afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> if you're in Wendover, a good, good way is um, getting, um, taking the um basically hay lane going into the entry at the bottom of the hill. Um we call it Canada this bit. 
and go all the way up I to the top of the hill where Wendover Cafe is. Quite a steep climb. <clears throat> yeah, but then you know you've done something for yeah, the yeah, money, right? Yeah, because true. then at the top of the cafe you can have like, you know, three chocolate brownies <laughs> and a muffin. Yeah. That should be enough. And it, and it pulls you down the hill quite quickly after yeah. this too. So. By the way, this is really good. Mm. Really nice. Yep. Mm. Also the, the Claremont bit. So we are going to plan to go to um to the Tour of Flanders. It's like 15 of us from Wendover going uh, we, uh, going over on Friday night taking the ferry and do the race on well <laughs> the sportive on Saturday yeah. and then watch the race on Sunday going back in the evening on um, after the race uh, which I think will be super exciting and yeah hopefully you can join as well that'd yeah be, no that'd be great, that'd be great. Um, we stay in Ghent by the way yeah yeah I love Ghent it's yeah. one of my favourite cities yeah yeah I've been many times I, uh, I wasn't entirely sure if you just said no, it no, because it, you thought you have to say it. it, it. it no, it's a great, it's a great place. Um, there are a few other towns actually that are a bit quieter and don't mm. get the the buzz of uh, Tour de Flanders when it happens. Mm. Um, in fact, one of them is the old starting point of Tour oh, de Flanders, yeah. and it's now because it doesn't go. I mean, it it might pass the town, mm. but it doesn't go into the town. Yeah, it's now a very quiet place to stay if you're ever there, and isn't oh, yeah. too far from actually uh, Odenada and. Do you remember the name of the town? Yeah, it's where they make Rodenbach beer. It's oh, uh, it's a, a town called Rosolar. Rosolar. And do do you have this in your portfolio as well? Uh, I have Rodenbach. Yeah, oh, nice. Grand Cru. Only the Grand Cru. I can't seem to find the uh, Rodenbach here. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned all of this now. Like when I asked, like, do you have the beer? So, what is actually the business model of Wendover? How how does it all work together? So what is I, it? So, I originally was going to set up a microbrewery in my back garden <laughs> crazy it may sound yes, you do. um i had all the plans ready uh, a builder was was already contracted to do it um i got a quote i had an architect drawing for a small building that would house a, a one barrel or half barrel plant mm. um and then just before i was due to find a commercial let in order to sell the beer i was going to brew yeah um covid hit and I couldn't get any funding. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So the cost of the building was going to be, I think, originally 15000 mm-hmm. Um, COVID hit and the builder wanted to up the price because he couldn't get all the anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it went from being fifteen k to he was like, oh, it's going to be more like 25 now. Yeah. It's just like, there's no way. So yeah, I had to knock that plan on the head. And uh, in all honesty, I think it was probably the best thing because building a microbrewery in your back garden, there's yeah. a lot of people that might want to complain about that. Yeah. So my neighbours are probably quite happy it didn't happen. Um, would you still do it if the if the funding would come from somewhere? I mean, I we have think, like a lot of listeners. I think I would, I would definitely, um, I would definitely consider making a brewery but not not from a back <laughs> there's there's plenty of reasons why um when i look the more i looked into it afterwards yeah. um the planning permission alone um and the, the trouble it can cause with all sorts of capital gains tax mm. and things like this it's just a no-no so um but i definitely am within the plan of the business is actually yeah. to try and grow into a, a nano brewery and brew our own branded beer so this accidental stuff that um, where you all of a sudden have a good idea and you think, oh, it's fantastic. But then it, when you look at it um, a little bit later with a bit of distance you and you realize, oh, maybe it was not the best idea. It also happened to me almost. Yeah. I almost um, rented out um, a, like a little shop floor here in Wendover. Oh, yeah. Where I want to just 
have like I would call it like Windover headquarter and then have like a couple of ta- tables in their desks where all our mates can just come in and, and just work oh, right. work from like home a, like then, a we work sort of uh, well, shop yeah kind of and then uh, basically have like a little bar at the front where you have like filter coffee and then people can just come in and buy filter coffee for like far too expensive um, with a big markup that helps us basically funding this this place <laughs> and then uh, I talked to a couple of friends and they were like hey mate like Facebook you know uh, Facebook would go wild like everything went over yeah, everybody yeah. would complain of like what is this dodgy place yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I talked yeah. to my wife and she was like did you ever do a business plan and I was like I didn't, didn't think we need that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah it never happened this, this uh, isn't working too well eh? should we yeah. move this Let's move it down. Um, but yeah, now in the retrospect, I'm like, okay, it's actually good that I didn't do it because I, I, I was, I was ready. I was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, if 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 that whole failed business plan that I had originally has taught me anything, it's yeah. to get your business plan properly in order before a pandemic hits. But um, yeah. the the latest plan is is now that we we have this premises that we built yeah. in our back garden. So um, I got a builder to do it for me. Um, at half the cost of the original quote. Oh, nice. Um, so it's a, a wooden clad building, very secure with a um, PVC door and window. Yeah. Um, and I have uh, like some shelves that I've got an air conditioner in to yeah. keep the temperature down to about 12 degrees. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I have all the craft beer stored in fridges. So I've got two two commercial fridges in there. Yeah. So um, as you can see, the beer arrives cold to your house. Yeah. That's the other bonus. Um, oh, so nice it's, it's, this is really lovely the service is just like so good <laughs> and so but 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 it's not like just limited to the to the craft beer because you also do yeah so we have we have a, a range of uk craft beer but we also have craft beer from scandinavia yeah. um we have some german beers belgian beers uh, such as the guaramont yeah um and then we also stock uh, ale and cider as well so and and how does it work? So if I um if I want to order beer at um at yours, um do I need to know exactly what I want when I order? So we or... we currently have like a featured section on the front page of the website with mm. uh, multiple mixed bags where we'll just put bags together. So if you're not sure what you're looking for, we'll have like you know five IPAs in a bag mm. or five dark beers in a bag, and we we just change these bags around as as often as we can mm. with the latest stock. Um, just to make it a bit easier for the people that just can't decide. Yeah. I mean, if you don't really know what beer you're looking for, you can always send an email to the to the email on our site, and yeah. I can put together a, a curated bag or box that will, you know, tick all the boxes of the beers that you say you like. The so, website is wendoverbeers.co.uk or dot com. Oh, fantastic! Place. Yeah. yeah so also, I, I love that Wendover in the Wendover in the name because when we started all of this with the podcast and stuff for us, we always one of our aim was always to put Wendover on the map. Okay. And I really like it, actually, that... Uh, yeah, yeah. Wendover, it's, it's funny, because yeah. you go into the town and there's nothing that's called yeah. Wendover or anything other than Wendover Antiques. <laughs> <laughs> and that just sounds like it's been there forever. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's growing slowly. We've been, we've been going about a year now. Mm. Um, I've got a few loyal customers that keep coming back, but yeah. we're really just trying to push the word out there because not having a commercial property yeah. has been the hardest part about pushing the brand. Yeah. People are like, "Where is this shop? You know, yeah, like, exactly. where is it? It's, it's you know, it's in my back garden. They can't yeah. come to it." So yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so if I would have started my my little project, it would have been Wendover headquarters as well. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, window so, for HQ. Yeah. Is is there any idea that you potentially at some point maybe have like a like a brick and mortar store? That's the plan. So yeah. um, hopefully something will come up on the high street when mm. we can afford it. And um, I'm at the point now where we've we've got enough finances behind us in terms of our annual accounts that we yeah. can actually go to banks and they'll consider us because we've got the history. Well, before the pandemic hit, yeah. I was a complete startup. Yeah. So no one wanted to know anything about. Yeah. Know. I mean, banks are hard enough to get money out of when, yeah. you know, you're a startup anyway. But yeah. with the pandemic looming, it's not ever going to be a good time. So it's been a tough couple of years just funding it. So I had to do it all myself. Mm. So I paid for the building in my back garden. I paid for the initial stock. Yeah. I paid for pretty much everything. So right now I just need the sales to come in so that I can I can start oh, to pay myself good. back because that's, the, that's yeah. the main thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, same with Villochino. I think I will never get the money back. Anyways, uh, this is a different story. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and you're mainly talking to to banks or would there also be like private investors? If um, I mean, we haven't fully thought about that at the moment. Yeah. Um, I've got a plan in place. Uh, so hopefully next year is when we start to put that into fruition. We're, yeah. we're looking at doing events. That's going to be a big source of income for us over yeah. the next year. Um we have this cargo bike, which looks great at events. Um, we can, yeah. which all can, can double up as a bar because mm. you've got like the box that you can put a beer machine on, and so, kind of, nice. uh, so people could come up and get a, a, a pint from the bike, which, yeah. <laughs> which is quite yeah. a good idea. Um, so I'm hoping that kind of yeah. takes off over the summer next year, um, and then in the meantime, I'll be searching for mm. some sort of commercial venture where I can possibly brew beer. So, um, cool. so that's what I'd really like to do. If if I can't get down that route in terms yeah. of the funding, then I'll yeah. probably collab brew with some of the local breweries and yeah. hopefully get a beer brand at least out there with our name on that we yeah. can start to sell. So so um, nice. And then um, oh, there's, there's so many things that I want to just chat about. So the the bike that you have um is, is also quite interesting. Another link um it's from a brand called Urban Arrow. And when I went to uh, the Netherlands in on Easter holidays, we had one of these. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic! Yeah, no, so. it's a great bike. It's uh, it's fully electric, as yeah. I say. Um, I have an aluminium box on the front yeah. with a pneumatic lid. Yeah, so you can just turn up at someone's house and start that get the beers out. <laughs> They're yeah. you know nice and cold because I keep them in a cool box. Yeah, um, and yeah, people love it. Like you know, cold beer to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. This is so nice. Um, but but is, it all, is it always limited to certain times, or is it like a yeah? So my license, like a my delivery kind of thing. No, like, so my licensed hours are Wednesday to Friday evenings mm. and then all weekend because um, I basically have my, my daytime job and it's yeah. only a part-time business at the moment. So. It's so nice. But it would be better, I guess, like um, um, now in the winter time because, um, well, for you, maybe not on the bike, but for, the, for our listeners, if you want to order beer because uh, you don't even have to leave your house. Exactly. Yeah. So nice. um, I'm hoping that the the cost of living squeeze might actually help my business because people can't afford to go to the pub. So yeah. they might think, well, I want some beer, but I don't want to go out. For you have it a pub at home. Yeah. Do um, you always go? Or did it ever, ever happen to you that somebody ordered beer and then you ended up going in drinking beer with this person? Not yet. No. What <laughs> <laughs> might happen when I order? <laughs> well, hopefully not, because I can't yeah. really drink and ride, right? And that's, that's, what, that's what these Quermonts are for. You exactly. Know, you can drink as much as you like and still get back on your bike <laughs> afterwards. So. so good. And uh, yeah, all this other beer. Um, so the, the Stoke one um, in particular, is this, um, uh, did it play a role for you to stock it that they are like a cycling branded beer or was it basically um, you came across this beer and thought, oh, that tastes nice? What, like, 
so no, I hadn't come across the beer at all. I've I've recently got into gravel riding, so yeah. I've never ridden like the wild whales or any yeah. of these other things. Um, they're they're pretty much at every gravel event. I think yeah. as a they have a bar stock full of stoke afterwards. Yeah. Um, but it was purely the introduction from John earlier yeah. this year, um, that got me chatting to uh, Gareth, one of the brothers that yeah. set up Stoke. And he sent me some samples in the post. It's one of the beautiful things about having a beer company is when you ask people, "Oh, what's your beer like?" They yeah. send the, they send you free beer in the post. So I got a few samples sent to me. Um, this one and his other, I think it's XPA, yeah. um, which was very good as well. Um, we only stock this one at the moment because the only one that they had in stock when we when we ordered. Yeah. But we're hoping to increase our offering from Stoke as they increase their offering. Um, oh, nice. This one is their spring summer IPA. It's a, a well hopped five and a half percent beer. Where are they based? Um, so they, I think, um, I think they're based in the southwest somewhere. We are in the they, southeast, right? Uh, yeah. So they're down. They're down. <laughs> are we? <laughs> I, whether they're based there, or I mean, I mean, I think their head office is maybe yeah. somewhere over this way, but yeah. they actually um, use a brewery down in the yeah. southwest to produce the beer. So it's uh, yeah. Is this um and do you so how how does it work for you? Do you have like these contracts with these beer breweries, or are you open also to open to other companies um um that you want to work with, or are you limited to like so, no? So I can pick and choose whoever I like to stock. Yeah. I have uh, three main suppliers mm. that I choose my craft beer from. Uh, one of which also imports Belgian and German beer, um, as well as Scandinavian beer. Scandinavian so, yeah. It might be cheaper here than in Scandinavia. Um, it almost is, actually, yeah. So this little number here oh. um, is called um, Scandinavian West Coast IPA, yes. and it comes from Gothenburg in West Sweden. Nice. Um, it's a brewery called Stigburgets, and my brother-in-law lives in Gothenburg, Yeah. so I know the beer. So, <laughs> so when I found out I could get it from, from yeah. the, my supplier, I thought, well, I'll bring that across, and, and the people of Wendover can try the beer I try when I go to Gothenburg. So. That's amazing. Um, I studied um for like a summer in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. I remember my first night out. I went out like I didn't know anyone. Went to a bar, went to beer, fourteen pounds or something. Wow! I was like, are yeah. you joking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, we were there this summer. We went across in August um for the summer holidays. Yeah. To spend some time with my brother-in-law, mm. and I actually realized that it it got cheaper somehow. Yeah, it must be. So I, think I don't it, know if that's our, our pound being stronger. Highly doubt no. so. No. Um, it probably wouldn't be as cheap now after what Liz Truss has done. But um, yeah, sweeping away from the political yeah. side of things, um, I think. <laughs> but she's fantastic. I think also, it's got more expensive <laughs> here. So now I don't notice the difference because yeah. when I first went over there, I was like, "Oh, how much a pint?" Yeah, and now it's like, "Oh, that's actually quite reasonable." <laughs> yeah, I think uh, back in the days or when I was there, um, people from Norway went to Sweden to get pissed mm -hmm. because the Sweden was cheaper than Norway. Well, that's right. Swedish yeah. people went to Denmark to get pissed, <laughs> yeah. and Danish people went so to Germany. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. They probably do the whole drive over the border, fill yeah. up their car, and drive back, don't yeah. they? So yeah. Yeah, actually, I did this with my um, with our wedding back then. Um, that was before Brexit. Oh, again, we don't want to go too much into politics. But before Brexit, when we got married, um, we drove down to um, Calais actually to fill the van up with uh, wine and came yeah, back. Yeah, that's uh, what right we did for our wedding. That was too, really actually. good. Yeah, it's good value. Yeah, I think you can't do that anymore. Uh, you can still do. I think they, they they've left quite a generous amount of wine. Oh, really? So you, you can. And, and here's another thing. I was chatting to HMRC yeah. when I was yeah. getting my license to sell wholesale. Yeah. And they were telling me that there's no rules on importing wine. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So with, oh, with beer, you've got to go and like, tell them yeah. how much you're bringing in and pay a load of duty. Yeah. With wine, you just bring in what you like. And they, you, know, you don't even have to tell them. And you know why that is? Most likely because all our politicians are like... Yeah, uh, they want all the yeah, wine. Let's, let everyone bleed, but oh no, we like to drink wine. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, let, there's an exception for that. Maybe they classified as fruit juice or something. It's, I think it's something to do with the old French law of... Um, like there's some sort of agreement between England and France that they will freely share the, oh, really? the wine or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it goes back hundreds of years, but she was saying that, well, Lady HMRC, you, you know, if you go straight to a winery, you yeah. can just bring in crates and crates and crates of wine, and, oh. and, and the duty payable is not the same as, like, going and buying crates and crates of beer. You'd yeah. have to go and, you know, pay a load of duty on that beer. So there's, so we might look into that. Wendover wines. Wendover, Wendover, or Villocino wines. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Oh, <laughs> No, actually, I oh, should call it Velocino beers because then I also get free beer from companies that send me t samples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever do a, a pub tour uh, um, in, in, in London, like a guided pub tour? Um, no. Well, what you mean personally, have I done one? Yeah, um, well, there's people that offer this and then they always tell you stuff about the historic uh, stuff of the no, city. No, I've done ones on my own that I've kind of followed guides for and stuff. But no, Because um, it just came to my mind when you mentioned like the old uh, laws with France and stuff. Because um, all the, I've done a couple of pub tours now. Don't ask me why, but um, uh, the guides will always happily tell you about certain historical events that took place uh, part that that took part between the um, like Great Britain and and, and France and um, certain things that we still do that originate there. So as an example, this is here my uh, five pence of wisdom. Do you know where this? You know, in most areas of the world, they use the middle finger to, to swear, but in the UK, they use two fingers, mm. the index finger and the middle finger to swear. Yeah, Do you yeah. know where this is coming from? It's coming from. So back in the days, um, the Brits had an advantage because they were so good with the longbows, mm -hmm. and um, every time a French uh, or the French army or whatever it was, um, they captured a Brit, they would cut the two fingers off. Right. So all the others, before they uh, shot the arrows to the French, they would show their two fingers that to, to show them, look, I still have my two fingers. Right, right. And then shoot. This is where this is coming from. Right, right. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. This was like maybe a little bit too far off topic, but I thought it's quite an interesting story. I guess it's pretty hard to fire a bow and arrow with yeah. these fingers, isn't it? So, exactly. Yeah. Also, sense. one more. One more thing, <laughs> did, did you, in, in, if you go to the city of London, you will realize that m most major old buildings have a pub right next to it. Yeah. And this is mainly because back in the days they were trying to get these buildings built on discounted rates. So their thought was, if the builders come in to build this, these buildings, they will go into the pub to eat and drink. Mm -hmm. So all the money that they pay them, they will leave in the pub. So, um, yeah. I just think it's remarkable, like how much of a link in the UK there is between history, pop culture, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a funny yeah. old place. Um, but it's a real shame pubs are shutting down. It's not yeah. my goal of this business, of course, yeah. to shut pubs down. Yeah. I can also supply to pubs. So yeah. if there's any pubs watching, you would like some beer to stock in your bar, then we can supply to you too. That um, would be fantastic, especially I guess. If you have like a little area where you can just like try beer, which you would usually not uh, stock. Yeah. Because um, both of us, we, we, we love our pub. We, lo we love to go to the King and Queens as an example. And yeah. Whenever, if you want to meet us, 
once a month we go to the Death's Night Out. <laughs> First Thursday in every month, unless uh, unless someone like you changes the date. Which and then it's the end of the last. <laughs> so we go twice. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, uh, if, if you're a bike rider and you're in the area and you want to join us on uh, our Friday night mountain bike to the pub, as an example, um, usually we meet up around 7 o'clock at the clock tower, go for like an hour, an hour and a half, and then we go to the King and Queen's for a couple of pints afterwards, just stop by and say hello. Uh, the owners of the pop up friends of us, they're really lovely people. Uh, they need all the support they can get. So, yeah. Yeah, here, here. And uh, yeah. Shall we crack open another beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take your pick. I mean, Quermont's there if you want to taste uh, it. Next half of this, this. I think. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You mentioned earlier it would be good to have um, mm. maybe this. Stuff like Remember it. what you've just tasted because it's meant yeah. to be a similar kind of thing, right? This they're, is they're, they're really very soft. different. They're very different colours. Oh, let me go. Oh, that's because uh, sorry, it's because it's yeah. uh, been shaken up a little bit on the route, but also it's warming up, right? And yeah. uh, these beers don't like to be so too. So for warm. the listeners that don't see us because we're on YouTube as well, um, I just opened the beer and it just basically came out of the top, uh, basically proving that the German has no idea about beer. Do you have any? Yeah, do you have German beer as well? I do. Um, I did bring a non-alcoholic German beer because uh, I actually think these are the way forward. So non-alcoholic wheat beer, which they are literally they taste exactly the same as wheat beer. So. Oh, Polana. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no Polana. Yeah. So we stuck. Uh, we did actually have Rothhouse. Yeah. Um, which are, I think they're from the Black, yeah. Black Forest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have their wheat beer, which is incredible. Oh. That one's good, not as good as the Rotter. Oh, mm. So this is a bit stronger. Yeah. Like so on the taste. 6.6% and they've written it like when you do the Sportif, you'll yeah. notice that they have uh, the maximum gradient in that little triangle box. Yeah. So they've done the beer to look just like the signs when you're going on the Sportif. <laughs> it's a 6.6. 6.6, I think, is the maximum that the, the Quermont gets up to. So they brewed it at 6.6%. That sounds about right. That's it's such not a good idea. Steep, so. I, th- I think the brewery is right at this hill, right? Um, not far from it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the brewery name, um, Brabandere, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, brewery. Brabandere. Uh, yeah. Can I find it on here? Just uh, mm, it's, it's really cool. Actually, see, is it at the top? I love it when there's like this little bit of a cycling. Uh, yeah, Bra- um, Brabandere. Okay. Uh, just uh, oh. which is uh, yeah, it's not far at all from from the Quermont. Yeah. Um, and they they also make they make another beer, which is a po- very popular beer also, and I can't remember which one it is, but um, same but brewery. I just. I forgot to remember, but um, Brabant, I think there's some kind, I think it's somehow linked to the Dutch royalty, something like that. I don't know if any, any Dutch listeners of US are on here, just leave it in the comments below, send me um, um, a message, send me an email, podcast at villagino.com. Brabant, I think it is linked to the king's house. Somehow, any any um, any Flemish listeners, I apologise yeah. for my pronunciation. Oh, you! I think <laughs> of, it's really good. Of Quermont and Brabandere. Yeah, it's really it's probably good. nothing like what it should be. Yeah. We once got told off for uh, for pronouncing um, that the place where they yeah. they have the start and finish of the race. Okay, yeah. is uh, well the the finish of the race, the start and finish of the small sportive, is 
is spelled O-U-D-E-N-A-A-R-D-E. Mm. Now, to an English-speaking person, that just looks like Udenarda <laughs> or Udenard, mm. right? And we were going, where's Udenard? And the people, would, uh, we got told off because it's pronounced Odenarda. You don't pronounce the U, so it's like a Odenarda. Every time we said it, they'd just look at us stern and go, Odenarda, like that. <laughs> and you're um, like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. Just want, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But that's the story of my life, like when I speak English, right? <laughs> um, how do I get to Bychester? <laughs> Bychester, yeah. Mm. This is so good. So to the listeners, so we're trying now the um, Cremon 6.6 that we just spoke about. Um, it's really nice from the taste. It's a little bit stronger, I would say. Yeah, yeah, you get you uh, yeah. get the um, I think you get the dryness with the alcoholic beers, yeah. right? Which you just don't get in non-alcoholic beers. And so there's a dry finish. The dry finish, mm. of course, is the alcohol. This one being six point six percent, you yeah. can really taste that kind of alcoholic kick at the end. Really? But it is a lovely beer, <laughs> yeah. um, and it will make you merry if you drink a few. So it make you get married. It make you merry. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it depends um, where, where you drink it. Maybe you meet someone. Yeah. How? Where's the love coming from for beer? Um. So I've been a home brewer yeah. since uh, 2010, I think. Yeah. So that's 12 years now. Yeah. Um. I actually first got into brewing by um by uh, when we lived at my mother-in-law's house in yeah. Ryslip. Uh, of all hang on, hang on. So you live at your mother-in-law's house, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my goodness, it's so horrible here." I knew you get drunk, but I can't, I can't afford to get beer. So let me just like brew it in her basement. No, no. So basically, what happened? She had an apple tree yeah. in her back garden, oh. and every year it just gave loads of apples. And yeah. the first year I was there, it was having one of those years when it was getting you know lots and lots of apples. And they were just falling on the floor and rotting. And yeah. I was like, this is sacrilege. We should be doing something yeah. with all these apples. So I decided I was going to start making cider. Mm. So I bought an apple press, mm. uh, which I still have, actually. It's a bit bit rusty. Bit when, rusty now. When over ciders? Well, this is the other side. So we, we do sell cider, but um, I, I also have this history of making cider. Mm. And uh, I bought this press. I pressed her apples. I made uh, probably about five gallons, which yeah. is about 40 pints. Of, of apple cider yeah and uh it came out really well yeah like uh, i did it properly so the yeah. proper way to make cider is that you you basically use no yeast mm. because the skins on the apples have a natural yeast oh. so when you when you crush the apples and then press them the yeast off the skin gets yeah. mingled with the juice and you end yeah. up having a naturally fermenting thing like wine okay? yeah so no yeast required yeah. you just put the apple juice in a container a sterile, a sterile container with an airlock and it just bubbles away and ferments on its own. So I did it the proper way. I read a book and everything. Um, and then it got to the following spring. So you mm. leave it to ferment and then you leave it to rest over the winter. Yeah. And the following spring, it undergoes a secondary fermentation. Mm. And then you can bottle it in the, the late spring. Um, and it honestly it came out really well. Yeah. So I decided to carry on doing that, and maybe for three or four years, from about 2009 through to 2012, I made cider every year from different apples that I could find. And oh. um, and now my brother-in-law has planted a cider apple orchard yeah. in his back garden. So he's got 10 or 12 cider apple trees 
which are only babies right now, yeah. but in a few years' time, there's going to be so many cider apples yeah. that I'm hoping I can actually start to do it commercially oh, nice. and uh, sell via the Wendover Beers brand. So it's amazing. So the cider got me into brewing, yeah. and then I realized cider was easier. Oh, I'll try beer. Yeah. And I did the usual homebrew way of starting on kits. You buy yeah. like beer kits and you put them together, and you just basically get hooked on different yeah. ways and then you sort of move up the chain and eventually you, you get a bit too geeky on it and start to brew from grain and hops which is what i do now so nice so nice really good idea yeah so be, being a home brewer um knowing quite a lot about different styles of beers yeah. and doing a lot of beer traveling so i, I you know ridden in belgium yeah. i've met a lot yeah. of the belgian beers along my travels uh, i've been to germany a few yeah. times tried a lot of the german beers and then I spent a bit of time in Southeast Asia yeah. and Australia and the US. So I've tried beer from all over yeah. the world and I kind of know all the different styles. So good. And when I moved to Wendover, there wasn't anywhere that you could yeah. go to get all these different styles. So yeah. I set up the company based on the fact that I wanted somewhere to buy beer. Yeah. And I'm sure there was other people that would want it too. So so good. So there's a couple of local breweries and stuff and also like a couple of uh, craft breweries. So what, what do you do different? So, obviously, we're not brewing our own beer at this moment, but um, the local breweries to Wendover are Tring, um, Chilton Brewery, yeah. um, two very traditional breweries. Um, they they do deliver, but you'd need to order a, a kind of minimum order um, to get it to your house. With, with our service, we have so many beers from so many breweries. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to find half these beers in the Chilton Brewery or, or, or the yeah. Tring Brewery because they're very traditional breweries. Um, but we also stock Tring. Um, yeah. So it, rather than drive to the Tring Brewery, you can just have the Tring beers come to your house. Um, so, yeah, I currently stock, I think, six different Tring beers. Mm. So if you like all of their cool range, I've got that. Um, yeah. And I also stock one of their craft beers at the moment, Raven King. Um, so, yeah, I, the difference is that breweries will deliver for a minimum yeah. order value of maybe 12 bottles or something. Yeah, I have a minimum order value of £5. Yeah. If, if you're literally going to order two or three beers, I'll yeah. come to your house. Um, how how yeah. far is your uh, radius? So we offer free delivery currently to postcodes beginning HP 22, 5 and 6, mm -hmm. um, which covers most of uh, Wendover and surrounding villages and all the way up to Tring, I believe. Oh. Um, so we will go that far. That's really nice. Oh. Um, obviously, we might have to reassess that if we get very, very busy, because yeah. I'd have to prioritize my Wendover customers. Yeah. Um, and maybe once we get very, very busy, I can start to say we'll do, you know, Tring on a Saturday or something like that. Yeah. But at the moment, we'll do, if you order before um, 6 p.m. Wednesday yeah. to Friday, you get the beer the same evening. Oh. If you order before 4 p.m. Saturday, the same. And yeah. then before 2 p.m. on Sundays, you get it that day. So cool. So same day delivery, free delivery, as long as you order over five pounds. Yeah. And if you live outside of those postcodes, we can ship beer via a box and courier. We use DHL. Yeah. Um, and the, the postcode that you depict in your in your account will depict whether we need to charge postage or not. So, oh, that's nice. Um, so, so basically, we, shop global, operate local. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's so we, we, we do try and um, source local beers as much yeah. as we can. Obviously, there are a couple of breweries locally. Yeah. Chilton, I've not actually been to yet to get yeah. any of their beer. Yeah. Um, it will be on my list um, uh, along with a couple of other beer uh, breweries that are, are local to us. But at the same time, I don't want to just stock local beer because yeah. you can actually go and buy it from them. Yeah. I'd rather fill my space with weird and wonderful beer from all yeah. over the world and all over the UK. So. 
Um, but currently I stock somewhere in the region of 60 or 70 beers. So wow. it's quite a choice if you go on our website and have a look. What's the craziest beer or weirdest beer? Or, well, uh, most... so, well, Belgian, I think it has to be the Belgian yeah. stuff. So Belgians, are, uh, uh, Belgian beer to me is the best beer in the world. I don't yeah. think you really can, you can top it. I mean, <laughs> German. you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you like lager, German beer is yeah. great. If you like dark beer, German beer is great. Yeah. It's not for everyone. Um, whereas Belgian beer, I think there's definitely a Belgian beer that will suit everyone yeah. because they go from, you know, very dark stout all the way through to, to hoppy IPAs yeah. with tangents of very different things in between. So, for example, my wife doesn't like beer, yeah. but she loves Belgian Kriek, which is like a cherry sour beer. Um, I stock that if you, if you like yeah. that sort of thing. Most most wives will yeah. like that for any men out there yeah. that want to get their wife into drinking beer. Yeah. Um, and I also stock some of their Flandrian beers, which are more of the um, Lambic style, yeah. Yeah. which is basically an off-tasting beer, so yeah. quite sour. Um, so I actually stopped one of the wow. one of the sour beers called Huez. I yeah. got done for that pronunciation as well. Huez, not Guez, if you, if you're English, right? Huez. <laughs> I had I had yeah. a barman shout it in my face, yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I'll have it. I'll have a Guez Boonie." It's Huez like that. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I try and stock as many you know weird and wonderful beers as I can yeah. from Belgium that I remember. Um, and yeah, I, I just think, you know, where else are you going to go and find this? Yeah. A specialist beer shop, maybe. Um, but it won't be in Wendover and, it, yeah. you know. So nice. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, I just really love the idea. Been to, um, can't even remember where it was. It might have been in Bruges, Brugge, um, in the right pronunciation. And, um, I've been to a beer house there. Um, and I think they claim to have like all Belgian beers. Wow, I mean that is a, that's it a, was messy. You get ones that say, "Yep, yeah, we've got yeah. over two hundred and fifty beers on the menu." Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "What?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they're not all they're not all great. The they're not all great. There's a lot of bad <laughs> Belgian beers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I can I can think of a couple off the top of my head that I wouldn't yeah. touch. But you know, that there are very very different yeah. beers there. Like you know, yeah. you've got every flavor of sour yeah. lambic beer. Yeah, it, it, Tim Timmermans, I think. Oh, oh Lindemans, sorry, yeah. Lindemans literally do. Every flavor, like they peach, strawberries, you know, you name it, they've mixed a sour beer with that flavor. I think just, <laughs> um, but there really is a beer for everyone, I think, and it's just finding it crazy. And about the cycling, so what's uh, yeah, so my well, my up? history of cycling, so I, I grew up with BMXs when I was mm. a kid, um, yeah. and I swiftly moved to mountain bikes when BMXs mm. weren't cool anymore, which was yeah. probably the 90s sometime, yeah. Um, and then I did a lot of mountain biking, so I have a history of that in the childhood. When I got to sort of school age, I, I kind of stopped for a while, and then when I met my wife and moved to London, um, I said, "Oh, I want to get back into cycling," yeah. and and uh, she said, "Well, you know, that's great. You know, you can yeah. buy a bike, whatever." And then they had that whole cycle to work scheme. Yeah. Remember that they just kind of yeah. came out in the the late two thousands. Yeah. Um, so 2009, I think it was, um, I, I went on the bike to work scheme yeah. and got a mountain bike again because I knew I liked mountain yeah. bikes, right? And I started commuting from Ryslip to central London down the canal yeah. on this mountain bike. Nice. So I, I get to work covered in mud. It's almost like gravel cycling. 
well, yeah, but in the winter I'd be doing it in these, you know, ridiculous yeah. over trousers and yeah. getting to work covered in mud. People were like, where the hell have you come in from? Because, yeah. you know, people in London, they commute two, two miles on a bike. Yeah. I was coming from Rice, which was probably, I don't know, 11, 12 miles yeah. each way. And people thought it was mad then. Yeah. And then I carried it on. So the commuting, I, I just got addicted to it. Yeah. And we moved further and further out, right? Yeah. Um, until we're here now in Wendover. But I, we lived in Northwood for many yeah. years. And Northwood's like 32 kilometers, I think, yeah. from central London. I did that each way yeah. <laughs> uh, for three or four days a week for many years. You so. must have been super fit, actually. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the whole point. So when I lived in Twickenham, I joined yeah. London Dynamo. Yeah. And I used to commute from Twickenham to London pretty much every day. Wow. Um, and then um, I, I moved back over this way yeah. to, to sort of Rickmansworth originally. Mm. Um, and I carried on the community from there because yeah. I knew nothing more than, than getting on my bike going yeah. to work um, so I'd always find a route right yeah. Um, but yeah I'd, I had people like you know wow you commute like you know a hundred and something miles a week <laughs> and then I'd still go yeah. out with the club at the weekends yeah. so that's crazy. Um, there was a time when I'd be doing three four hundred miles in a week um, yeah. and that was just normal to me but I absolutely love the idea of um, just I, I, I feel in the UK most people think of cycling as sport you know and i think this is also where sometimes the, the hate is fueled by that people think that oh you just do your sport on the road and yeah, that, yeah. you know like from, from car drivers and, and stuff um where i feel people should also acknowledge it is just a mode of transport for many yeah. so and I, I i think i said it in one of our previous episodes like back back back, back then at the beginning that in germany i had like two bikes like one that i was just using to to ride and then faster one <laughs> and I would need to go to university a bit quicker yeah, yeah. or I had to go a bit further and for me this was just normal and I didn't even think of competing or whatsoever in terms mm. of cycling about here it's always um, people neglect the thought of this that it's a fantastic way to it is it's move. just a shame that the British roads aren't kind mm. of cut out for for commuting that yeah. well I mean I, I you know have many near misses I've had a few accidents in my mm. time commuting to London for such distances yeah. you're bound to eventually come a, come a cropper yeah. uh, I had two cars like run me run me down yeah. um, one ended with a hospital trip the other wasn't so bad um, yeah so of course other than my commuting yeah. which got me back into cycling in the, yeah. the 2009 sort of time I joined London Dynamo around yeah. 2011 when yeah. I moved to Twickenham and I had a, a good friend Paco, if he's listening, hi Paco, yeah. hi um, Paco, who who introduced me to London Dynamo, yeah. and uh, I I rode with those guys for three or four years constantly, like yeah. Rich, Richmond Park, all the Surrey Hills, all of that sort yeah. of stuff, and they're a very race central club, so yeah. so they pretty much they don't force you into racing, but it feels like you really need to get into yeah, it yeah. to kind of be part of that club. So everybody's doing it. So. Everybody tries yeah. it at least. So I did try racing. I um I never actually left fourth cap. But um, I got Same. very close. So my first season, I actually got eight points. Yeah. And you only need 10 to move up to third yeah. cat. And uh, the last race I did, I, I actually um, ended up coming off. And, and that kind of, it didn't put yeah. me off. But um, I just got so frustrated. Yeah. like Because, you know, a lot of the times you'll be you'll be putting in all the effort for the yeah. race. And then you'll lose yeah. in the bunch right yeah. at the end. So you'll be almost at the front peg most yeah. of the race. And then people yeah. will just fly past you at the end. And you'll come 16th or something. I think so it's, it's so it's difficult. Really, like fourth cat, I think, is one of the most difficult class to get out. Well, because there's a lot of crashes, right? Yeah. There's a lot of inexperienced riders. There's yeah. a lot of people slowing you down. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's very difficult, I must say. Yeah. Um, also, there's like a lot of people that um, 
start racing, but they're already really good. Mm. So yeah, you yeah. never really know what you could. So I think the the um, uh, uh, the how do you call it? like the variety of riders in Cat Four, I think is quite high. Yeah, and and you've of course got the young yeah. ones coming through yeah. who might be future pros <laughs> that yeah. are just starting out on the day you choose to go, and and yeah. maybe there's two or three young ones that just pull the whole field those out. Are, for, those uh, are the annoying and ones, the, and then they lap you, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's you and your youth. I always <laughs> tell them then afterwards, like, yeah, you were half my age. <laughs> You better, but, but I'm 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 over forty now, which puts yeah. me in the veterans league. Yeah, and I thought maybe I'll get back into racing when I become a veteran because I just like the sound of it. But they're they're all like hardcore nuts that have raced their whole lives, so I think that's even worse than fourth cat. To be honest, yeah, I I competed. Well, <laughs> competed. I participated the other day at the national gravel champs, uh, mm. which was absolutely shit. Like well, the event was nice, but yeah. for me it was not so good. <laughs> um, first of all, similar situation. You had like. Just seated in your age groups, and then you know there was a start. Everybody was gone. I was like, "Holy shit! Mm. They are really fast." And then um, yeah, went all the way. And then uh, after six k's or so, there was another group coming from the rear overtaking me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to give a bit of space, and I split my front tire, so my race was over. Uh, okay. So it was just really bad. And I um, yeah, I spoke to a couple of friends afterwards, and I was like, "Do I really want to race? I mean, I'm in this age now where I compete with people." That either have already children that are out of the house, so they have not found the time to train again, mm. or they have much more money to buy much more better equipment, yeah, or yeah. they want to dedicate more time, or maybe they are already retired, yeah, yeah, and and they they are willing to sacrifice so much more time than I would ever be to. Well, this is it. You know, this is what you find with cycling so when you, you go out and you yeah. ride in these bigger clubs or race with people you know um from these bigger clubs and you, you really do find out that that some people actually are way spend a lot more time cycling than you yeah. do right yeah and and someone like me who used to commute all the time maybe yeah. they didn't spend as much time on the bike right yeah but the time they spent on the bike they spent well yeah <laughs> so exactly. people used to tell me commuting is wasted miles for training yeah. because yeah. you're really not putting in any efforts or mm. you know there's very little in interval training yeah. going on when you're cycling to work yeah, um, so it's sort of wasted miles. It's great yeah. for stamina and it's yeah. great for um, you know long distance riding, but in terms yeah. of racing, it's not actually that beneficial. Yeah, so that's true. I, I I almost got points once. <laughs> I was almost winning a race in Hillingdon, mm. but then my <laughs> derailleur broke. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no there's nothing it's, worse it's, than it's, a mechanical is there yeah. in a race, but uh, yeah, I mean, well, there is. There's a crash, and yeah. that's far worse. But yeah. I um I I do have friends that uh, I I sort of follow on Strava yeah. that that do race um yeah. and it's always good it always makes me kind of envious when I see them yeah. finish a race um but yeah. yeah I would love to, I would love to be like as strong as like the other day you spoke to um Alex Miller from Namibia who won the bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games and I was like oh my goodness I I would love to be like an amazing rider like he is uh <laughs> after we stopped recording I realized like. I will never be that person. <laughs> Maybe I will be a fantastic. What do we call people above sixty? Sub veteran or something? An OAP. Old, old, <laughs> OAC. Yeah. Uh, old age cyclist. <laughs> I thought it's an old age uh, C word. <laughs> <laughs> well, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyways, cool. Uh, Jim, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. Yeah. Um, thank you. Really enjoyed that. Um, we had a couple of like glitches with our recording at the beginning, 
uh, with the camera. The audio quality is good, but the camera might have like started a bit a little later. So please apologize for uh, apologies for that. Um, if people want to um, follow you, where can they do that best? So we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and it's just at Wendover Beers on all of those. Are you on TikTok? Uh, no, don't do TikTok. What's that? Something I mean, the kids play with. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I see know. them dancing on bridges on the motorway and stuff. I, just, <laughs> I don't understand that. With um, beer. <laughs> <laughs> with, with beer. With Wendover Beers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, just at Wendover Beers. Um, the website is uh, wendoverbeers.com or wendoverbeers.co.uk. Yeah. Um, and you will uh, have a delivery fee if you're not within the local area because the delivery is depicted by postcode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have a have a look and see. And again, if if there's anything that you're not sure of, just feel free to send us an email and inquire, and we can help out. That's amazing. If you don't find Jim at any of these, reach out directly to us. Podcast at villochino dot com. You most likely know our Instagram handles is villochino, and um, yeah, and leave a review for us, please. It really helps us. Click the like button if you're on YouTube. Click, uh, I think, like you can do also do it. Apple iTunes and um, Spotify. It will definitely help us. It feeds the recommender so other people will also find us. And um, the more people listen to us, the more fun it is. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. And uh, I think we've had a good adventure there. So we can probably now drink Stoke. All of it. Like yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is apre adventure. So, so we are finishing basically <laughs> all of this now. And there's a couple of more over there. So thank you very much for listening, uh, for viewing, for watching. And uh, thank you very much for telling all your friends about us. And don't forget, go out, ride your bike. Because the best stories have not yet been written. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.